0: Everything, everything is done by faith you, you know uh, Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith Romans 5 Romans 1.16 says, says 17 says what the just shall live by faith is it Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.38 all say the same thing that the just by faith shall live or the just shall live by your faith and faith is not some mysterious thing Faith is I find the Word of God, and I believe it above my circumstances. And if I don't believe it, I keep reading it, and I keep speaking it out until I can see it, not with my natural eye, but when I can see it with my eye of faith, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. When you get the eyes of your understanding enlightened, and you can see it, you can put your faith on something else after that, because you've got it. Mark eleven twenty four says, the things that you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and they shall be delivered unto you. They shall be delivered unto you. How did it happen? Well, you know, talk about tithes and offerings. I can talk freely about tithes and offerings now because we already took it up, right? But, you know, that's a key to covenant. And I remember Shirley having a yard sale so that she could pay her tithe. This was way back a long time ago. And then sometimes I'd see her running around the church when, you know, when she doesn't know for sure where her daughter is. And, you know, he's saying, what's all that running about? Well, if you knew why she was running, you'd join her. Yeah. No, no, things like that don't make any sense. We always try to reason things out with God. Read your Bible. Nothing God ever did made any sense to anybody. Right. Marriage went on the wall for six days and don't say anything. And on the seventh day, shout, and the walls are going to fall down. What? What? Crazy things, all the time. Crazy things, to to get you out of your nutshell, <laughs> to get you out of your peanut brain, right? No, no. See, because when Adam fell, he fell from revelation to information. Then he needed an education, and he got one from the enemy of his soul. Because you don't have an, You, you and I, we don't ever ever have any original thoughts. Your thoughts are either going to come from God or they come from Satan. Those are the only two sources. Because you were not made to to design your own path. I'm a self made man. <laughs> not really. You know, your education, how your parents were, like so many things go into that. And this is why God says in Romans 12, do don't be, he said, submit your body unto me. Romans twelve two, he said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't think the way that this world thinks, but be transformed by renewing your mind by the word of God that you can prove something. You can prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God for your life. He wants you to prove him through his word. And so the just shall live. And you gotta have faith in somebody that you know. So this leads us to Exodus twenty and verse twenty. Uh-uh. Again, we don't um we didn't spend a couple of months thinking, what are we gonna use for a slogan for 2020? I know let's look up all the verses on 2020 and preach those. No, if that was the case, then we would do it again next year, 2121 and all that. No, no. You hear from God, like Bill Winston is calling this the year of God's glory. I'm in agreement with what he's preaching. Yeah, But in order to get anything from God, you have to have 20-20 vision. And I'm not talking about your natural eyesight. I'm talking about seeing into the spirit realm, seeing into the things of the spirit of God. He said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, right? So here in verse 20, it says, Moses said unto the people, Fear not. Now, again, I'd like to point out that there's 8,000 words in the Hebrew language. And by comparison, there's over 100,000 in the English language. And so you're going to find words that are used in various places that have different meanings, like the word yareh right here. He said, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you that you might fear that, you have may, that his fear may be for your faces, that you sin not. So what's he saying? Be afraid or not be afraid? He's saying, he's saying, don't, don't be afraid. But the second yare is reverential awe. It's like to be in awe, and, and it's easy to be in awe of God when you know how good he is. If you don't know how good he is, you have a difficult time with that. But you know, one of the promises that he gave us in Numbers twenty-three and verse nineteen, he said, "I'm not a man that I should lie, or the son of a man that I should repent." In other words, you can whatever God says, this is this is the truth. No matter what is true in my life, this is the higher truth. He said, I'm not a man that I would lie or a son of man that I would repent. And I have commanded to, I have spoken a commandment to bless you. Ephesians 1, 3 says, you've already been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. Then how do I get it? How do I get it? He's going to tell you right here. He said, said, fear not because, because I can't have a relationship with somebody that I'm afraid of. Like you see it sometimes, it's in marriages. I remember one time I, I, I went to... I was called out at 3 o'clock in the morning because a father was beating up his kids. And When I walked in the door, the dog cowered away from me. And I thought, what? Even the dog is afraid here. There's a terrorist in this house. The kid was locked in the bathroom and called me. <laughs> Some things that pastors don't talk about from a pulpit, Right? <laughs> And but this is, but this is this is how some people see God because they don't have a proper relationship with an earthly Father. They think, you know, like, and I thought it, I know it because when I was back doing alcohol and drugs, I thought, "Wow, I, I know there's a God. I always knew that. it was never a question in my mind. But I was hiding from Him, because I thought if he ever finds me, <laughs> I'm toast, right? And here he was looking for me all the time because he wanted me to preach. And He said, I'll never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. He said, I wrote John 10, 10 as a pivot point for you so that you would know that there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that word life is the word zoe. It's the God kind of life. It's not the natural life life. It's the same, that same word that was used in the Septuagint when it says that he breathed life into Adam. He said, when you got born again, I breathed life into you, that God quality life into you. Now you need to learn how to operate in it, right? So he says, fear not, for God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces that you sin not. And again, I don't practice sin, but I still miss the mark. None of you do, and so that's why I'm here hoping you'll pray for me. So when he talks about sin, remember John chapter 16, he's talking about, he said, the Holy Spirit came to reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment of sin singular, because they believe not on me. This is the most powerful. I mean, this is, this is what the whole New Covenant is about. Jesus shed his blood and, and gave up his body for your healing and gave up his blood so that you'd be washed from your sin. And then he gave you First John 1, 9, that if you sin, you have an advocate, an advocate, a lawyer that works on your behalf. He's the lawyer and God the Father is the judge. And the accuser of the brethren, (laughs) the prosecutor is Satan, and he's been defeated. So, so when you get in the courtroom of life, you just say what the lawyer tells you to say. (laughs) He'll say things like Romans 8 17, you're an heir of God, a joint heir. Not a sub-heir, not a partial heir. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. What do you say when you're being accused? Huh. Double jeopardy. Somebody, somebody else somebody already paid for me. You can't drag me back into court because somebody else already paid Yeah, that doesn't get you excited. I don't know what would. So so again, and again I, I used this illustration last week, but I'm gonna use it again on live stream. Because now when you sin, not if no, read first John. It does it says when you sin. <laughs> but but here's the difference between when you sin now, when I sin then. I had a purpose. I'm going down to the McMack Tavern, I'm gonna drink some beer there before I go to Halifax and get out on the dance floor and make a total fool out of myself and drink the expensive beer. I'm gonna drink drink the cheap stuff first. And then I got. No, no, but it was planned out. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a half a buzz on before you go. The problem was the further I got in that drinking and drugs I get so buzzed out I didn't get out to McNack unless I was in handcuffs sometimes. (laughs) But I was practicing sin until I perfected it. And now I'm practicing walking. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But anyway, so there's a pig and there's a sheep. And they both fall in the mud. And the pig likes it. But the sheep knows he doesn't belong there. And so he goes to the shepherd, and the shepherd washes him off, pours in the oil, carries him, uses his rod and his staff. He says, my rod and staff, they'll come for you. What was it used for? The hook was used to pull them out of the mud, or when they got cast. When a sheep would cast, you know, cast not away your confidence. When a sheep would get cast, what that was was they had so much wool on them, they'd tip over on their back like a turtle and wouldn't be able to get upright again. And if you left them like that, their gastric juices could kill them. And if not, they were ripe for predators. So sometimes you get cast. And sometimes a hook gets on you and yanks you out. Even sometimes you'll find yourself in a fire, but you won't be burned. Sometimes you'll walk through the water, but it won't overflow you. Oh, God, please deliver me. He said, I I always do. He said, uh, like Paul the Apostle said, you did deliver me, uh, (laughs) you are delivering me, and I'm convinced that you'll deliver me again. Amen. 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 Uh, So, yeah, so, if you find yourself in the mud, go to the shepherd. (laughs) And never wrestle with a pig, because a pig likes it, and all you get is dirty. Dirty. Don't argue your Christianity with somebody that doesn't want to hear it, in other words. Because they just want to argue. See, the reality, the reality of God is so clear. You know, in, in the beginning, God created Adam. And Adam, his DNA is in you. That's why he had to get born again. You, you did just like Adam did. You blamed your wife and you blamed him and blamed anybody that you could find. And hopefully you're not doing that anymore. But, but Adam committed high treason against God and he tried to cover himself. He tried to make himself look better. Matter of fact, fig leaves, he put on camel, but God recognized him anyway. You know, he... No, no, he tried, to dress, he tried to dress himself up after he had lost the glory of God. And man has been trying to do that ever since. But that's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about the last Adam. So there's only two Adams, two men. There's the first Adam and the last Adam. In Romans 5:17 says, the first Adam brought sin and death, but the second Adam Matter of fact, it says much more. What God, what God did in Christ was much greater than what Adam did in Satan. Much greater. So anyway, so, so here you've got these two men, and then you've got two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. When they partook of the tree of good and evil, now you need to think about this when you're taking communion too, because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like Eve thought it was a poison tree. Eve thought that even if you touched it, you would die. She didn't get the story right. She misunderstood the word of God. And so once she touched it and nothing happened, she figured she was okay. She didn't understand that the tree was the test. It's kind of like if you go away for a weekend and leave teenage kids at home (laughs) and you tell them there's one thing, whatever you do, don't go in that room. You won't be down the road five minutes and that door will be open because that's the Adamic nature. And so she went over and touched that and then and it was a fig tree and we can prove that and maybe we should sometime in the near future but this is why Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark chapter 11. He said he went looking for fruit and there was none and he cursed it at the root and it dried up just like the nation of Israel was going to be driven out of the promised land. Until Luke's account, and I think it's in Luke 21, says when you see the budding of the fig tree, when you see Israel back in its land, you'll know that we're in the last days. I mean, even though these are the last days. I had a guy say that to me one day, he said, are these the last days? I said, they're yours. (laughs) Right? These are your last days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Guaranteed. Whether how many generations this is going to go on, I don't know. Th- these are the ones that, that you were given. So, um, so, so. Then God blocked. I didn't mean to get into this, but I'm going anyway. Then God blocked the access to the Garden of Eden from Adam, so that he couldn't get back and partake of the Tree of Life. Because if he had partaken of the tree of life, he would live live forever in a fallen state. I mean, because man was not designed to ever die. But something happened. He ate a fig. Adam was right there with Eve, by the way, in case you don't know the story. Eve was right there and she turned to Adam and he took it as well. But he knew the word of God because it came directly to him. He misinformed his wife, but he knew that he wasn't supposed to partake of that. And uh, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, and so everything that you've experienced since you've been born, you can thank the first Adam. And until you get born again, uh, Jesus said it this way to Nicodemus. He said, "Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you can't perceive." The things of the spirit realm. Matter of fact, the Bible says that they're foolishness to the common man. Well, some of those things are foolish to me too. When I read about a man being swallowed by a big fish and barfed up on a beach. How many of you believe that? Sure you do. Yeah. But most people would read that and say, this is ridiculous. We know better. Anyway, so... So the last Adam came and got you born again to put you back in the garden in this sense. He he said, um, I, I didn't want to get into teaching all this right now, Lord. He put the garden inside of you and me. Like you in here is where your whole life is produced. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues or the boundaries of your life. And so he made it so that seed, Mark chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says that the sower sows the word of God. So the word of God is a big bag of seeds. Just like other things are seeds too. So I can take this word, what do you mean other things are seeds too? Well, when we realize that the soil is your heart and that what you plant in your heart will produce in your life, then you you need to know that um, if you put a fence post in the ground and leave it there long enough, you'll pull it out and it looks like it started to rot because the soil is trying to grow the fence post. And so whatever... Like what it, like I have the land I bought has has a garden in it. I've never had a garden before. well, i you know i i I think I'll plant marijuana now that's legal. I'll call it the Garden of Weedon. No, of course I won't, but I could, right? Because the soil doesn't know that I'm a pastor. And the soil soil will produce whatever I plant in it. So with that in mind, when I put the word of God in me, and water the word of God in me, it produces and it starts to change my nature, starts to change my character into the image and into the likeness of God. But then I hang around somebody some afternoon who's racist. And so they're yak, yak, yak. And, you know, give me examples of how they were treated. And now that seed dropped down in there. Now, all of a sudden, I'm starting to look at white people. going, You honky. <laughs> <laughs> you cracker. No, what are you saying? Uh, no, I'm saying guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the boundaries of your life. When you're putting the word of God in, you begin to think like him. You be- and when you begin to think like him, you will begin to act like him. You know, lots of times Christians are trying to act like God and they don't know him. And so it's just a bunch of religious trash. Even when they, you know, they pray and they say, oh, God, G-A-W-D. And they, oh, Heavenly Father, thou knowest all his things. He's <laughs> a bunch of religious junk, right? I talk to God like I would talk to Paul. Right? We're on a first name basis. He... Knew me when I was a drug addict. He knew me while I was yet in sin. That's why I love Romans 5, 8, and 9. While you were yet a sinner, it says, Christ gave his life for you. And now much more that you've been acting right. No, now much more that you've been justified by his blood. If it right standing with God the Father. Through Lord Jesus Christ. So, So, what are you saying? To know him. I cannot love him until I know him. And so how do I get to know him? Getting in his word. Anyway, let's go to Chronicles chapter 20. He said, the entrance of his word brings light. He said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you'll continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. Indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So, the more knowledge you get, the freer you become. We're all in agreement. Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and verse 20. Verse, the first four letters. And they rose up early. Notice it doesn't say they slept in late. No. <laughs> Notice it doesn't say they had to stay home because it was snowing outside. Come on, you're a. Kid. If you're using that as an excuse, you're a Canadian. No, no, the weather reports are so dramatic now. Big red flashes across your phone. Winter storm warning. Then you read it. Five millimeters. Come on, I grew up here. <laughs> We wouldn't even talk about five millimeters before. Now it's warning, fear-based everything, scare you into staying off the road, which worked out well for me. I didn't run into anybody coming in. I didn't run into anybody. I mean, I had there was no one in the way, clear sailing, because all of the wussies were home. I can't go to church. It's snowing outside. God saying, I can't come to your house. I'm busy right now. <laughs> what? What? No, no, we want God yesterday. We're not so sure how dedicated we are yet. <laughs> they rose up early. No, I, I wrote in my marriage. No, they didn't. They slept in late. <laughs> I've been pastoring for 28 years. I can tell you. <laughs> no no but these things always speak to me because one time Pastor Paul and I were in the Philippines and Pastor Carlo and we were preaching I had to preach at 7 o'clock in the morning service at one of these places and a monsoon had gone through and when we got to the church the people were there three quarters the ch- full and they were all wet from here down because they had to ford a river to get to the church No, no, over, and then you wonder the move of the Spirit of God when you get into a place like that. And the healings and the miracles, you wonder why they don't happen here. Well, uh, my commitment is right there. It's raining outside. No, no, here. I don't ever plan on coming to church, I come to meet with God. That's my expectation. I expect God to be here and to minister something to me, and perhaps give me something to minister to you. Amen. But not just to come in and, and and do four or five songs and have Tortex set the sound up. I'm very grateful for that. It got better all the time as we were going there. But you know, those are those are things that have nothing to do with the move of the Spirit of God. Amen. It's not big screens and skinny jeans and fog machines. This is what you see most places now. You got a big, oh, there's thousands of people in the building. So what? How many of you are in, how many are in the presence of God? Right, right. Anyway, smash that one all to pieces too, didn't we? Verse 19, I like verse 19. Let's just back it up here. And the Levites... And the Korathites and the children of the Korathites stood up. What for? To praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. What did they come for? (laughs) No, no, if you you want to have a 2020 vision in 2020, if you really want a breakthrough in 2020, don't wait for somebody to set you on fire. You, You know, even when you think about prayer, prayer the way that the priests would do it is they would take they would take the coals of the altar and put incense on them and take them over over by the holy of holies and let it drift in through that curtain. And when you put when your prayers are on fire, they'll take you into the presence of God. He says, "Our oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. gives us today our daily bread." Really? Know what you're saying. My Father, you're in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done where? In earth, not on earth. In this earthen vessel. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth. How? As it is in heaven. God's saying, I want to treat you like you're already here with me. How's that happen? The just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because you need to believe that he is, that he exists, and that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Fresh forgiveness this day. My trespasses. Condition clause. If I forgive those. That have trespassed against me. And I don't need to be concerned about him leading me into temptation. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And for his mercy's sake he'll take me out of trouble. Amen. So here we are. Okay. Verse 20. And they rose up late. Because it was snowing. Hallelujah. (laughs) No, the first Sunday in the new year. And you're home because what? I'm trying to, but the chairs are empty. (laughs) Chairs, you listen to this. Hallelujah. (laughs) They waded through a river to get to church. That's why I have a hard time with the excuses that I've heard over the years matter of fact we're in the Philippines mind you you're glad to get out of there because you can't stand the smell of rice after two or three weeks and you're tired of looking at cockroaches that are as big as baby turtles and all of that but it's hard to leave the people same thing in Ukraine it was hard to leave the people because they were so hungry and so desperate. And here we're so relaxed and so satisfied. Yeah. That's why we need our routines changed. Amen. No, no, the routine is an enemy sometimes. It just gets to be an enemy of your destiny because you're used to, you get accustomed to, well, we're going to do praise and worship, and then we're going to do the offering. And so your expectation is there. And not, it's just a little bit of an adjustment. I'm going to church to meet with God. I'm glad to see my friends. I'm glad we're getting a coffee bar and putting it up out there and all that kind of stuff. But That's not why I'm here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Stir us up. Ephesians 5.14 again. Wake up and arise from among the dead and Christ will give you light. No, no, and I appreciate all the people that watch live stream that that live in another city. But what about if you live here and you're watching live stream? What, What excuse, anyway. No, Hebrews 10, 25. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do, but get together more and more as you see the end approaching. You'd think he'd light up on this right now, wouldn't you, with the snow outside and everything? You'd think he'd move on. Okay, okay, we will then. Why tell the people that are here? They don't need to hear that. Right. Well, I needed to hear it. I needed to get it off my chest, okay? I couldn't take that home. I'd be cranky (laughs) and I don't want to be cranky. (laughs) They rose up early, just like you did. Yeah, there we go now. You rose up early in the morning and went forth. You got up because you recognized that you had a part to play. You recognize that you're not a spectator in the kingdom of God, that you're a participant you realize that you're not a consumer anymore. You are when you're first born again. But now you're a producer. You're producing life in other people. It's like a baby in the natural. They need a lot of care and a lot of changing and changing the diapers and doing that. But when you've been around the things of the Spirit of God for 30 years and your diaper's still letting off that odor, it's time for, okay, you're you're degressing. Okay, okay. They went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Hear me, O Judah, and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and established are the same word. It's emunah, and it's where we get the word amen. Lots of times we get the habit of saying amen, and we say it in the wrong place like, yeah, they're all going to hell, amen. You know, it becomes a, f- a familiar word. But really, it's like, hey, I'm in total agreement with what, with what God's word says. Amen. So be it. Let, it. let it be. And so And so it says here, believe in the Lord. Get up. You have a part to play. If you have to bounce, if you have to rebound, show some resilience. And here's what I said to God when I read this verse the last time. I said, "I'll go anywhere you tell me, as long as it's forward. Not not backing off anymore. No backing off. Not trying to please people. I hope that you like me, but if you don't, I'm going to do what God called me to do anyway. And and I encourage you to have that same attitude, right? You know, I'm I'm here to serve God. And so, believe the Lord and be established. And believe its prophets, and so shall you prosper. So, what does that mean? That means when the preacher brings the word of God to you, believing is not agreeing. Believing is acting on what you hear. James one twenty two, he said, Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, because if you only hear it and don't change anything, you deceive yourself. It's about applying the word of God to your life. Like it's so easy. Like 20-20 vision for some people is 20 minutes of prayer in the morning and 20 minutes of prayer in the evening would be radical. Because your prayer life has slipped away. Because maybe you're not desperate for anything right now. so a, a prayer, you know, sometimes going through things will, will really improve your, your prayer life. <laughs> no, it becomes, oh God, instead of, oh God. Oh God, I need you right now, Amen. So, so it says here: believe the prophets, and you will prosper. And when he had consulted the people, he appointed singers. Now, these are special forces; these these praise and worship people. And and you got to get this: if you're a praise and worship person, you're a Navy SEAL. What's he talking about now? That's ridiculous. No. No, when we read through this chapter, you'll see that praise and worship. Hey, having a baby born in a manger is not how you defeat the devil, is it? Yeah, it was. Doing praise and worship, sending singers out in the middle of a battle. What kind of? What kind of? No, no. Get, you know, get some serious. Well, Rambo's too old now. Yeah, I think he has the latest movie out. He's, Rambo the paraplegic or something I don't know what it's called but... no, it's almost as bad as the Rolling Stones tour, right I'm thinking here. <laughs> anyway, people spend a big bucks to go see a bunch of geriatrics <laughs> living the dream <laughs> He can settle the people he appointed the singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army the, to praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. See, so there's great power. But, but if there's great power in rejoicing, what do you think happens with complaining? Now, do you think that if we just change that one little adjustment in 2020, every time I get the urge to complain, I turn it around and begin to rejoice? I know praise and worship works really well because of Acts chapter 16 in particular with with Peter and Silas thrown in jail and whipped and beaten and thrown into the lower part of the dungeon into the dung, dung, D-U-N-G, dung. You may even know what dung is. Do I have to explain dung to somebody new here? And so this, <laughs> this is where Paul and Silas were thrown at midnight after being whipped and beaten. And then and then Silas was new to the team. He went not expecting this. Peter said Paul rather said, "Silas, come with we, we're going on over to Macedonia on a missionary journey." But he was having great success in large crowds everywhere. Silas was so honored to go. They lead one woman and her little family to, to the Lord. They get whipped and beaten and thrown in jail. And just when you think Just when you think, if I could just lay here, I could just lay here. Paul says, Silas, I feel a song coming on. At midnight, have you ever been in midnight? Have you ever had a midnight experience? Well, these guys were having a midnight experience. And Paul says, let's praise the Lord. And it wasn't like you say grace in a restaurant. Oh, no, 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 no. They praised the Lord so loud that all the prisoners heard them. It took some effort. When you're whipped and beaten, when you're laying home in bed sick, when you're laying home in bed and everything is falling apart around you, when you're laying home and something, something tragic happened in your family or in your life, what are you supposed to do? I'm telling you, through the Word of God, what are you supposed to do? I feel a song coming on. And as they praised the Lord and all of the prisoners heard them, there was a localized earthquake and all the jail doors opened up. (sighs) You want some shaking in your life? Start praising God instead of complaining. This is why he wrote, uh, you know, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, no thing, but in everything with prayer, and thanksgiving praise and worship with prayer and thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and then you let you have to make a choice to do this you let the peace of God rule in your heart and rule in your mind and be thankful then the next verse, verse 8 what am I supposed to think about God I've been worried about all this stuff what am I supposed to think about finally, whatsoever things are true that's the Bible. Whatsoever things are pure, that's the Bible. Whatsoever things are honest, that's the Bible. Whatsoever things are of a good report, that's the Bible. He's saying, think on the book. Change your way of thinking. If you change your attitude, you will change your altitude. You'll learn how to fly at a higher level. When you're not dealing with no low-level devil. Don't let dope be your dialogue listen to yourself sometimes listen and hear what you're talking about well even better than that don't listen to yourself talk to yourself talk the word what does the word say about me and me, me in Christ he's a new creation all things are passed away All things have become new. Thank you, Lord, for 1 John 4. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in my circumstances. And the greater one is rising up right now in Jesus' name. The greater one is the second Adam, the last Adam, rising up over your flesh that you got from the first Adam. Amen. Okay, we'll read a couple more verses here. They said, praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, Kito of Keleolam Hesto, they cried. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set up ambushments against the the children of Ammon and Moab and Seir, which were come up against Judah, and they were smitten. And the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against one another. These guys killed one another. While the praise and worship was going on. And all they had to do was rise up early and go to church and praise the Lord. (laughs) And the enemies that they were dealing with back home are being taken care of while they're praising the Lord. But I find so many times, and I've been guilty of it myself, you come in and you need need the praise team to lift you up. (laughs) But the only time that happens is when I haven't been doing it all week at home. The only reason I need to get pumped up on a Sunday is because I haven't pumped myself up all week. But if I stay pumped up, i got something to give to you. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.